Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez here with Mr. Owen Evans. How you doing, sir? Where are you at? Look I, I'm yeah, I'm in Louisville. Um, I made the trip over, and uh, I'm tired now because the flight was at 5:40 this morning. So. <laughs> I, I keep telling myself i keep telling myself don't take the dumb early in the morning flight and what do i do every time i take the flight that's at some stupid hour in the morning are you more of a red eye kind of guy or do you want the early one and like what what's uh what's, what are your thoughts there I, I i just make bad decisions when it comes to booking <laughs> times of flights that's 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 what it comes down to ultimately like yeah, no. For, <laughs> well, you, we're, we're, whatever flight you pick nowadays is pretty much guaranteed to be a little later, whatever. So yeah, you just take the dice, give it them a roll, and see if you're going to get to the other end. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, shout out to Reese here, Michael. Uh, let's see, we got Harry here, Pat, Bonnie. How you doing, Bonnie? Happy Monday. Uh, Pat as well with flights nowadays. Early the better, nothing but delays. That's right, that's right. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for joining us today. We got a great show for you guys today. I changed the, we got the new vinyl here. Just let me know who's that. And of course we got the PHNX Rising Scarf, scarf. but yeah, we have a great show for you guys today on a Monday. This is weird. I'm so tired. I, I usually, I usually kick in on Tuesdays, but anyway, we're here on a Monday. Of course we got the midweek game between, uh, Phoenix Rising and Louisville city. So we're going to talk about that. Of course. Um, we're also gonna, you know, definitely break down the game, review what happened this weekend in the USL, especially talk about Louisville facing off against Memphis. That was a an interesting game, and uh, we did get some comments today, Owen, uh, from the club governor Bill Kraus regarding Wild Horse Pass, Rick Shantz, and maybe some reinforcements. Maybe we'll talk about that later on. But Owen, let's go ahead and just jump into it. Uh, the USL Summer Showcase. Uh, for, for people that are un, are unaware, can you talk to us about that and why is it a big deal? Why is it important? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, let, let, yes, I'll say it, take it seriously. <laughs> it's important for, I think, people like us in terms of scrutinizing things that the league are doing. The league have their media meetings here and it gives us an opportunity to come out and you know all the all the league people are effectively here in one place uh for a few days so just for anyone is interested make sure to follow along closely with our phnx rising coverage there's going to be some extra coverage this week uh beyond what you usually see possibly some extra audio podcasts so if you haven't subscribed on spotify or itunes apple podcasts whatever you whatever you use go ahead subscribe because do it. owen's gonna bring some like prime content for you guys this week so yeah definitely keep an eye on that um on all the streaming services some very interesting guests owen's gonna have this week uh, so you definitely want to tune in for that and again those are audio only right owen just to... that's the plan at the moment yes there's a couple of audio interviews that may be lined up for tomorrow and uh remember you gotta <laughs> be following us you gotta be follow, uh, subscribed on spotify apple podcasts to hear those first for sure, for sure. All right, Owen. So, um, as far, before we talk about the game, like, what other like? Hold is this... on, hold on. Actually, can we? I think we've just got to take a slight diversion here, just based oh. off of something that Harry just said. Okay, Harry. We'll do I'm I'm hopping in. We're talking about USL stuff later, but maybe we've got to move it now 
because by the looks of things, Colorado Springs have just mm-hmm. named a lineup that features only one player on the bench. I mean, did they play like three days they ago? Put right? a, they put a statement out earlier that was okay. like, we've been impacted by injuries, by illness. Um, we're fighting through all of this. Look, mm-hmm. here's one thing I will say on this topic. When this came up uh, back when Rising was was going away to New Mexico, and obviously mm-hmm. I got the chance to speak about this uh, with the League Senior Vice President for Communications, um, Will Coons. And he said that typically the, the kind of borderline they look for as a league is that you've got to have 12 players of which one must be a goalkeeper. And if you go below that point, the league will look to postpone. Now, there's a really good argument for the fact that, quite frankly, at 12 players, you still to be honest it's making a mockery of the game somewhat yeah um i mean it's uh that's interesting i don't think i've seen that one before i mean i've seen the nba where they have like six players like i've seen no like that situation but never in a in a professional uh soccer match yeah i mean thomas is making a good point los niños edwards you know should they bring in they didn't have any academy kids willing to jump in for a little bit or Something like that. So yeah, we'll keep an eye it's on that. It's an away game as well. It's tough. It's uh, probably I don't know. Until, yeah, a few hours ago. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that one. Uh Owen, let's talk about uh what's going on this uh this week on Wednesday. Um so when this announcement came out, uh, you know, a few months ago, USL Summer Showcase, right? This is this happened all before what's going on with Rising, obviously. But I was kind of interested just to see if there were going to be any big announcements, there have been some rumblings about new cities being added and they, they were, you know, but to the lower divisions, but it can fans expect any announcements like in that, of that magnitude, I'd, I'd say of like, you know, we're adding the city or there's these changes coming up or any, anything kind of like that. Is this what fans should kind of keep an eye on? I'm not sure I'd expect it now again, um, just to kind of, you know, it's a bit of, self-promotion here again pay attention because we're speaking with some people that are going to be uh you know fairly important people in the league um so you do want to have a listen to that and see what they have to say but yeah i'm I'm not sure that i'm expecting the league to have any big big announcements of course last Mm -hmm. week there were the big ones in terms of two expansion teams you had from league one you had santa barbara uh in the championship and the super league of course the first team we've really heard that's by the sound of things entering the Super League um, in terms of the te- team that's going to be creating now in New Orleans. Um, it, it's, I'm not certain at all that we'll really see any big, big announcements this week. It, it's it's one of those ones where I'm almost half expecting to have the, you know, we get the email in and it's like the new official washing machine partner of, of yeah. USL. Like, that, like that's, oh, that's the kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's like some really weird ones. If I went back through my inbox, I'd find some very, very weird USL partners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, these are these are always interesting, you know, because I think uh, I think either Pat was saying in here on the chat, but I know it's all marketing, but I feel like it's always good to kind of have these games or branded in this manner just to kind of get more eyeballs on the product. You know, uh, there's people that might have heard of USL or might have never even heard of another league besides MLS and you know, seeing that on ESPN2 on a Wednesday during the time of the year where there's not a lot of sports going on, um, I, I think it's interesting and it's an opportunity for them to to get new fans. So um should be fun. We'll see. 
Can we can we talk about? Sorry, I've, I've, I hate the fact that we're going back to uh, I see the chat. Going yeah. back to San Diego. The chat is going off here. I just opened up uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, mm-hmm. friends, of course, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and San Diego at the moment are minus one hundred and five. Oh, that's the, <laughs> against the team that's only able to name one substitute. Uh, should be a come on, higher. chat. Go, 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 go. <laughs> throw your money on there. Come on, it's... yeah, keep us updated. And even Pat says, uh, football manager won't even let you start a match with 12 players, so <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Uh, always, always fun in the USL. Um, all right, Owen, let's get through this preview. Okay, we're so... gonna get there, we're gonna get to the actual content at some point. All right, we're stop kind of meandering elsewhere. All right, all right, let's stay focused here, but yeah, uh, Louisville, you know, what else can you say about Louisville that we haven't said already? Rising did face them in the preseason. We're all looking forward to that right now. They have 42 points, 19 games played, cream of the crop of, of the USL, I'd say. They've made the conference championship in their division every single year of their existence. It's it's no wonder why they were chosen to host the USL Summer Showcase. So what can fans expect, and does Rising have any chance against them on Wednesday? <laughs> I don't like that. That's <laughs> just a nervous love. I, I... personally right now i'm writing off wednesday i feel as though rising has no hope the only Mm. question is by how many um Mm. i don't think that any of us are expecting phoenix rising to pull a result out and that's the sad thing really is it's not for lack of talent we know that the players as individuals are all capable of it um but for whatever reason it's just complete and utter lack of cohesiveness a complete and utter lack of uh tactics almost at times and and the way that you look at it right this is seriously look at any game look at the way if you break it down you see all time and time again the tactics don't work regardless of what's being said okay there might be flashes of it but just over the course of an entire performance they never really pan out i think part of it is because they don't really know quite what they're doing um i don't think they quite know what's being expected them at times um and you know, for a lot of people will say, well, the players then are letting people down. Well, I think they realize that. I think they do realize that in the second half. That's why we see in the second half, typically, you get that moment where they're a couple of goals down and they just throw the kitchen sink at everything. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like that kind of performance when you're five, ten minutes to play and you're just fighting for a goal. Of course, you can't really sustain that for 30 minutes, which is why they yeah. concede more normally. Um, and, and it's not enough because... But but they do get things done in that, you know, 10 minutes or so of kitchen sink when mm. they seem to find a goal or two. Yeah, no, that's one of the, I mean, we've talked about this numerous times, so I won't dive into it too deep. But it's it's one of the frustrating things about seeing Rising, the amount of talent that's there. And, uh, and, and the fact that, you know, we know what they can do. It's just a matter of putting it on the field and displaying it. Um, during their last 10 matches, Rising won uh, win one draw eight losses that's not a good record to to have heading into a game of this magnitude um you know it is the inaugural one and you know honestly i don't know how much the branding really matters to fans especially of usl championship but i think it matters in the context that rising is was chosen for a reason for this game um and and they they've been a really great team for a very long time and this was alluded to to uh one of the comments that Bill Cross uh, had earlier today, and we will talk about that a little bit later, but you know, it's, are you, I'm trying to phrase this correctly, but 
What does it say about the league choosing choosing Rising to be in this game? Is this uh, obviously it's a positive, but what else does it say about the team? I think what it says is exactly what we all have expected here, which is that the expectations are effectively this team should be battling for a championship each and every season. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there's just this massive gulf between that and the performances. There's, mm. it, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we'll, we'll go on to this again, as you say later, but there's a part of me that just wonders where in the world, seriously now tell me where in the world would you see the gulf in between the expectations and the performance that we are currently seeing with Phoenix rising and not see some real, real heavy and frankly probably public soul searching by this point because something is going very very seriously wrong to have that kind of a gulf it's not underachieving it's like you know getting a saw out and cutting the hole in the floor like the cartoon characters right then all of a sudden they just drop okay that's what they're doing right now yeah yeah no and i think the rest of the league agree is that it's it's they uh, you know, the more I read these like power rankings and these write-ups, it's like, you know, obviously defense is a huge part of what's going on. But, you know, the the stat, the offensive stats, the shots, the the underperforming, you know, uh, displays that we see from from the offensive side as well. It's just it, it can't be explained like these guys have a repertoire and have a resume of of being one of the best in the league. And for for that team for rising to fall that much it's just basically unexplainable it's like and and the more it goes on the more you kind of just shrug your your shoulders and say what the heck is going on with this team i mean look as as harry put in here i feel like at the start of the season when two of the games that were announced rising's two nationally televised games were announced Mm -hmm. and it was tampa bay and it was Louisville. And I think that everyone, every reasonable USL championship fan is looking at those games at the start of the season and saying they're two legitimate potential mm-hmm. finals. That's yeah. what you were being given. You were beginning two legitimate potential finals as previews. And now, I mean, that's completely out the window. Uh, I mean, when we even- saw this, it's like, oh, 2018 rematch. That's what it says on the on their website. That's what you were expecting, that the two best teams out of either conference to face each other in the middle of the season and kind of give you a preview of what was supposed to come. And now we're kind of like, well, maybe one team is <laughs> going to do it, but I don't know about the other one. So yeah, definitely. Um, Owen, oh, uh, Amadou Dia, you know, he got red, a red card against Memphis. That Memphis game, I just, I was just able to catch the highlights. I wasn't able to watch the complete game, but it seemed a little bonkers. Like, can you explain what happened uh, during that game? Yeah, multiple red cards. Um, I feel as though what happened more than anything is that the players just didn't adjust. And Mm -hmm. sometimes as much as certain people will like to complain about that, as much as people have it, look, at the end of the day, I I don't think that Michael Radchuk was particularly inconsistent with the cards. Uh, I think the players just didn't adjust. And I'm sorry, you're a professional player. When you see what he's giving cards for, you've got to be- like learn to adapt to that. We expect players at a much lower level to adapt to that. You know, it, it's... I, I don't know. And then obviously people start bringing up that, well, there were a lot of red cards in the past. Well, I mean, let's be honest, the two red cards in the Orange County Rising game, I thought were pretty nailed on red cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, Trey Muse the red card in the Memphis game, I feel as though, regardless of what people are saying right there, there, yes, there are different factors at play, but 
you can't just treat a dog so with a goalkeeper out that far as though it's any other dog so because there's a major difference in the considerations which is you have a massive empty net um now the question of course is does it come off of trey muse's arm or his shoulder complicated one of course for those of you who don't know the way that we judge this it's the base of the armpit you extend that out anything above there is the shoulder anything below is the arm it was tight it was tight um but yeah it was a bit of a mad game um but again, I find it amusing that the thing that people focus on is a referee who admittedly called a very tight game, um, yeah. rather than I'm the fact that too. The- it was going to be an intense game. It's a, you know, the two top teams in the Eastern Conference, arguably at this point, at least. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, watching the highlights, I was like, yeah, that's this is kind of what I was expecting, a, a, a tough game. And it was only 2-1, you know, it wasn't like a, like a crazy amount of goals either. So it kind of tells you, it kind of felt like a playoff atmosphere, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. But like people all say then, oh, the referee ruined the game. You know what I think ruins the game? Having a mound on the pitch. Okay, we don't need a pitching mound yeah, in, well, on the field of play, right? That, like, let's talk about ruining the game. It's that kind of nonsense. Yeah, no, I know. When I saw like the pitch again, I was like, "Oh, it's in Memphis." Oh, okay. I thought it was gonna be in Louisville, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely gets in the way. Uh, let's talk about the more players again. Amadou Dia, former Rising player, uh, he will not be able to play at least from what you've heard, right, Owen? Yeah. So the latest I know, I don't know that they've appealed or successfully appealed or anything along those lines. So as best I can tell, yes, he is suspended for that game. Um, Someone else who has been injured recently, Wilson Harris. It's a bit of a concern for them, of course. He is their top goal scorer. Uh, Wilson Harris went off a couple of weeks ago against Birmingham Legion, kind of a rib issue. Um, So he's got eight goals on the season, I believe, so far this season. Did a really good job kind of filling in for uh, Brian Ombi, early doors. Um, They've got some really good players on that team. Um, and uh, that's kind of where it's hard. It's hard to play. I think they will miss Amadou because of his explosiveness out of the back, mm-hmm. even if, as as we know, he's not always the best defensively. But I, I just feel as though there were a lot of moments watching that last game, and especially watching that Memphis game, it, it was. Where there were times when Louisville would beat the defense, but they wouldn't quite get to that ball then once they'd gotten it past them. Mm-hmm. I fear that against a slower rising back line, they will get to more of those balls. Um, yeah. They're also a team that are pretty lethal early. They're pretty lethal late. That's not helpful in yeah. any <laughs> way, shape, or form. Yeah, no, that Memphis plays a really compact defense, so I, it, it looked like Louisville was having some issues. They weren't able to play their usual game. So, but against Rising and the way Rising's defense has, you know, uh, bled goals, then yeah, that should be a big. Big, uh, you know, something to look out, basically. Uh, some of the players that I had here to keep an eye out, uh, their goalkeeper, Kyle Morton, uh, you know, in the USL website, basically puts him in the lead for the Golden Glove for the year. 0.58 goals against average. So uh, they do not let in a lot of goals. So uh, their defense is outstanding. That's I think it's one of the, the catalysts for for the rest of their uh their game plan so definitely something to look out for that and then um i have a 17 year old joshua uh winder so he's you know he's broken out this season he's played for the u.s uh national team under i believe 20 um you know and so 
they just got talent everywhere. And we're talking about this off camera before the show that it's just every, you know, def- you know, goalkeeper, defense, midfield forwards, it could just hurt you anywhere. Yeah, well, what do you want to point to? Because at the end of the day, there are so many, so many, so many ways that they can get you. And and that's the problem, is that teams yeah. like Louisville have done a fantastic job of repeatedly bringing people, including younger players, okay, as you touched on there, and obviously they've done in the past with Jonathan Gomez. They, they bring in good young players, much like some of the other teams in this league, like El Paso. Tends to bring in good younger players. Orange County have brought in good younger players in the past. Um, uh, and hey, at the end of the day, you're, you're not you're not stopping a team like that. I don't think not not with the way that Rising are playing right now. Um, I, I mean, it's it's somber Monday, uh, <laughs> but it's every day is somber day as long as this run of form continues. Um, there is no happiness anymore. There's only losing three points again the next game. Yeah, no, and, and like how you were saying earlier, the Memphis game and this game, I was kind of writing off. I was like, I, I don't expect any points out of these games. Uh, I mentioned that the games that are that are coming up, the Sacramento, Colorado, Oakland, those are the games that I feel like Rising should be able to get some points. I'm not saying three points. I'm just saying some points because, yeah, I, I, against this Louisville team, I, I'm going to find it very you, you hard. Mean, you mean an Oakland team that just put four on El Paso in the first half. Yeah, yeah. Not good. And then a, in fact, you know what? The It was a point where if Sacramento had beaten Birmingham Legion, you'd have been able to say that in the space of two days, all four of Rising's next opponents had gotten results against uh, teams that Rising had, were behind on the head-to-head to. Yeah, that's what I was... But then Sacramento lost the Legion, so it didn't quite work. Yeah, no, and that's what I, I this entire weekend I was just like, I, I, is, are they all just gonna win? Like, is this is this what we sh- we were gonna be expecting coming up in these uh, upcoming weeks? But yeah, it's it's rough, it's rough right now. All right, Owen, uh, let's move on to the final part of this preview. What are you expecting? What's uh, what's your preview? Can I? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what's Lose. Your I mean, lose. Badly or you know one zero? Are we looking at a two? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if we were looking at a three or four goal loss. I wouldn't be shocked. Are there okay, I, I not as of yet. I don't believe okay. the odds aren't up yet, but they will be. They will be tomorrow. Um, okay. I mean, Michael is in here saying seven nil, which I th- feel is a bit much. Dooley and Rick <laughs> must go. Comes in with five one, which we can say is a bit much, but it's a scoreline they lost to Tampa Bay by. That's right. True. This is this is my fear. They're playing a very good team, and I, I just, I mean, look, Rising lost by two goals in Memphis. What do you say to the people that say Monterey goals? beat Louisville? What do you what do you say to that? Yeah, well, great, good for them. <laughs> Rising beat San Antonio twice, so then oh, don't say that, Reed. Oh my god, if it's under. <sighs> I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. But I guess you're going to be that guy saying if it's under four, it's a good result. Don't yeah. you say that? Oh, don't you God. say that? Because it's not a good result. It is not a good. I mean, result. any loss is not a good result. You're right. You're right. You're right. And this is yeah. my fear, right? I think Pat is correct here. I fear that Lou City take a lead early, and that really, really puts Rising in a problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think Rising need to get on the board early or as as fast as they can, as easy as that sounds. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it's going to be pretty ugly. They need to have some sort of control of the game. 
you know, play their way, not not fall into Louisville's uh, game plan. Otherwise, yeah, I think it's going to get pretty ugly. And on national television, nonetheless, yeah, it's not not going to be. You good. know what though? You know what though? I want to see people's bet slips for this game. I want you please tweet at us. Please send them all to our Twitter account at phnx underscore underscore rising. It's double the underscores, double the what on earth is going on. And Owen will match every single bet. Um, I will not, no. Will. I'm will. in Kentucky. I don't think that DraftKings works here, but I'm not sure. Get over here to Arizona. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> looking forward to a great game. Um, again, that game is on Wednesday. Uh, it's 7 p.m. Louisville time, right? So it's 4 p.m. Yeah, so it's 4 o'clock. Enjoy. Early game over here. So yeah, I got to gotta get some four peaks if I want to watch that game for sure. But yeah, 4 p.m. over here. Right. ESPN Wednesday afternoon beers. Yep, yep. I mean, it's typically what I do. But anyway, uh, but yeah, sh- looking forward to that. And again, join us for the post-game show. Hopefully, it's not going to be a summer Wednesday. We're going to have a good time on Wednesday. I, I have some feeling about it. Um, let's see. Harry says, you both have said that rising is better than the record. Plus, if rising gets rolled, how can rising keep Rick? It's why I think for one game, that rising shows up. Look at Harry with that positive energy. Look at that. I appreciate that. I, I just feel as though I'm not sure that it'll happen. Um, and I don't think that you're going to see. No, you, you're laughing. <laughs> I'm here being negative as ever. No, I don't think that Rising will win. I, I just feel as though the kind of reaction, the fight that you'd see for a coach, I don't think you're going to see. I just don't mm. think that you're going to see. Dang. Look, Michael's calling me out. Blind positivity. That's true. Blind positivity. There we That's go. True. All right, y'all, let's take a quick break and talk about our friends at OG's. All OG's just launched their first ever limited edition seasonal flavor. Yes, sir. I was going to say, that's a great little segue there from your blind positivity to OG's. <laughs> that's just 180 right there. Uh, <laughs> they got a new uh, seasonal flavor, limited seasonal flavor. So you got to get it now. Pina Colada, a perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend. You guys can check out OG's online uh, online at ogsbrands.com. Uh, Can't talk. And on Instagram at, at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary, and you must be 21 years or older to purchase. So, yeah, I got to gotta get on the website right now. Do my, my weekly uh, shopping, I guess I'll call it. But, yeah, ogsbrands.com. All right, all right. Yeah. I was about to make a comment that I've decided not to make. <laughs> oh, man. I don't like when you say that because I know it's pretty bad. Um, let's see. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Should be good. All right. So, after OGs, let's talk about what happened this last weekend. We already talked a little bit about the Louisville-Memphis game. Any other games that caught, caught your eye or attention, Owen? Well, it was, of course, again, one that I mentioned in there. The Oakland against El Paso game. Mm-hmm. What a first half by Oakland. There's I, I, no real words for it, is there? <laughs> like, they yeah. just showed up mm-hmm. for that game. Um, I don't think there was a huge amount else that I really paid much. I mean, Sacramento losing to Legion, yes. Really good point for Legion. I Actually, the more I watch Legion, I, I'm more convinced that they are a title contender, actually. They've got that kind oh. of... Mm-hmm. I don't think they're a good team. I don't think they're the best team in this league at all, but I do feel as though there's just something about them. They're a physical team that are going to be hard to break down come playoff time. They'll be able to grind out results. And, and for that reason, they're that kind of look. You're not, they're not your favorite, but I feel as though they're a, a pick that you can't really laugh at. Yeah, no, no, for sure. 
Um, one that I kind of watched for a little bit this weekend on Friday was the New York Red Bulls uh, hosting Indy 11. That Indy 11 side needs some work. Like, I don't know what happened there. Something's going on. Like, I think it's five straight losses now with them. So, you know, I, 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 I feel bad for I think it's six. Six now. Yeah. Not Regardless, it's bad. It's bad uh, stuff going on over there, Indy. And like I said, I kind of feel bad for Solomon Asante because he's having to deal with that uh, situation as well. Uh, not, fun. not fun. Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, 4-1 against uh, Loudon here. Charleston over Hartford Athletic. San Antonio, uh, a simple 5-0 over Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, too. Look, I, I'll give them credit. They got the job done, but I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not good. Do you want to talk about the fact that Las Vegas only had one touch in their opponent's area and still won the game? I don't know if you read about that. <laughs> Yeah, Las Vegas the RGV. They literally had one touch in RGV's area, uh, defensive area the entire game, and they came away with the victory. That's insane. So, so that sounds like know. Neil Warnock style tactics right there. It's like, <laughs> I mean, that's all you, need. you know, it's <laughs> yeah. all you need. Look at Pat. Indy is the rising of the East. That's saying a lot. No, I don't think they're there yet. No, I don't um, think the expectations are quite as high for them. They were high, but they weren't quite as high. Yeah, even Dolan Rick Musco says, Indy 11 let me down. They are lifeless. Yeah, it was rough to watch uh, <laughs> on on Friday. All right, Owen. I mean, can, we, can we just, that is one point I will make, actually. We kind of talk about things like, oh, that, that Memphis game, Louisville, wow, it was weird and that. It was actually an interesting game to watch. Like, mm-hmm. look, we watch USL. This is what we get paid to do really um but some of some of those games are just bad like some of those games are not interesting if you don't have an interest specifically in the stake in the game right yeah some of them are just flat yeah we need to be real about this there's a weird disparity at times in talent and weird disparity in playing styles and just Mm -hmm. sometimes those games are dull yeah no in the I mean, it's I mean, rare Sacramento, that I didn't it. think it was that great a game. At least the first half was not. Yeah. I mean, something's just got to grind it, grind, it, grind it through. I mean, you know, clear example is rising. You know, <laughs> you, you kind of watch some of the games and you're like, what is going on here? You know, and at least there's some fireworks. You know, there's maybe a push or a shove or a red card or something. But, yeah, they, they make it interesting for sure. All right, Owen, let's take another quick break. Talk about our friends at DraftKings. So uh, tomorrow is the... MLB All-Star game, so you guys can bet on the game tomorrow. I think the D-backs only have one player this year that made the, the All-Star game, so uh, if you guys want to get on a, get in on the action, you guys can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code PHNX and make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details yeah speaking of the DraftKings sportsbook i feel like we need to mention the fact that clearly everyone has cottoned on to the fact that san diego are probably going to steamroll colorado springs tonight so it's now dropped to minus 155 uh, that's in the space of about 20 minutes i see it as a negative yeah minus 125 on my i got 155 oh look at time oh now it's 155 i refreshed yeah colorado plus 310 plus 350 uh, not looking good. Sorry, Colorado. 
<laughs> hold on yeah. a minute, hold on a minute. I'm just having a look. There's got to be something here. There's got to be one here for the real brave soul. The real brave soul who wants to win money. Of course, this is only relevant if you're listening live because this is all going to change very quickly. <laughs> if you think, if you think that Colorado Springs can win this game three goals to nil, you can get odds of 40 to one. Big money. Big money. High roller. Come on. Someone give it a go. What have you got to lose? I know Pat will do it. Money. Pat, but... Pat put some money on this. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, y'all. Let's keep moving on. Uh, a couple more things we want to talk about. So before we talk about the comments uh, from, from the new governor of Phoenix Rising, I do want to uh, kind of touch on on something that kind of, it didn't irk me, but it made me question what's the strategy. And I think we have a lot of overall with the club, what's going on with certain aspects of recruiting, what type of players Rising brings in. So there news came out that uh, Barca Residency Academy product Miles Lyons was signed to El Paso Locomotive. And uh, I think I saw it in the chat earlier that somebody was was uh, asking about that. So, Owen, the, what's the, you know, in your experience covering Rising, what's the recruiting as far as Academy pro- products is is concerned? What What is Rising strategy with that? Do they really do it? I know they got their own Academy, but are they looking elsewhere to bring other players in? Uh, and, and why is El Paso here in Casa Grande taking prospects away from Rising? Well, for a start, to be clear, the Barca Academy does ship players out to quite a few different places. So you're not going to get all of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of them are going to get away. I feel as though there is an element of just not really looking to bring youth in. Um, I don't think there's a real amount of patience with youth and playing them. Um, As I mentioned yesterday, I think it was on Twitter, how you have a case where they're just not, and I mean Tulsa as well, Harry here, making a point Tulsa did also bring in a kid from the Barcelona Academy. Um, Look, they, they're just not playing kids when they don't have to. Um, We've seen moments where these kids come in, sign Academy contracts. And what happens is, is that they make their one appearance off the bench and then kind of disappear. Yeah. And look, there's no real, development in that sense um now the one ex- ex- you know the one ex- exception to that could well be now done of course he's been injured for most of this season mm-hmm. of course he's some problems that's not something what, what makes him the exception though so if you're if we're talking I about also now, they're taking him a little bit more seriously he's been signed to a professional contract the kind of implicit thing there is that he is not going to college he is being a professional footballer now Okay. He's been around for a lot more. Um, he has moved to online school, so you know it doesn't interfere with his training and all of that. Um, yeah. I so feel the, though, with the Barca Academy, they in to your point about him wanting to be exclusively a professional uh, player. Um, from what I understand, with the Barca Academy, they kind of give him an option, right, to either go to college and continue playing or sign with the professional team. And you know, based on what they say on their website close to 100% of them of their products go either way either they continue to play in college to get an education or they they move on to the to the professional rank so but you know we see you know and I was reading here uh, uh Theo for uh, Arizona Republic he did a, a small article on that on how come USL players can't make the jump to MLS and he goes a little bit deep on that but there was a tidbit where he talks about there's products such as like Diego Luna who ended up going to El Paso and it was part of the academy here in Arizona. 
And talent like that just being quote unquote missed, or I think they were actually brought in for a while with rising, but they just weren't signed uh, to any sort of, of contract with them. So I see that, you know, those transfers with Diego Luna moving on to MLS and, and getting, you know, that, uh, that transfer fee, that's what kind of like makes me question what is going on with that. When you let a talent like that kind of slip through your fingers with him right in the backyard, going to El Paso and then them reaping the the rewards of, I guess, of, of having someone like Diego Luna in their ranks. Right. And, and Rene does have a point here, which is that rising wants results now from established players. There's very little focus on youth. That's correct. That is correct. That's, that's what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very apparent. The problem of course, with that approach is that when you have a season like this, there is no silver lining. Mm. Okay, in a year like this where Rising was struggling, if they had a few youth players in there, you'd still have that side of, okay, it's fine. They'll come back better next year. Yeah. You don't have that with established players. Okay. Um, well, I, I feel like would... there's not the... You've got patience for kids. Everyone has patience for kids playing to an extent. You understand. Yeah. You may not want them in the lineup, but you've got patience for them because you know that they, you know, they, they've got to develop somehow. Yeah, I think Pat makes a good point here uh, <laughs> as far as bringing in players. But so my point to that, then my counterpoint to that would be then what's going on with Louisville City? You know, you you see these kids that they're bringing in and like Jonathan Gomez, he was a big part of their, their club last season. You know, you have Joshua Winder now this season being, you know, part of the starting squad. So, and you know, maybe you don't want to compare Louisville to Phoenix Rising in the way that they go about things, but why aren't they able to do that? And then it's... You know, it kind of makes you question, like, why aren't they going after these talented players that they literally have in their backyard if, if it's a it's about winning? And we see someone like Louisville City, like a team like that, continue to do it. It's a great question, given the two assistant coaches have got academy backgrounds. <laughs> Let's be honest. Maybe you should You've ask got them, the hey. backroom staff. You've got the backroom staff there that, in theory, mm-hmm. you should be able to integrate the youth to actually get them into the first squad because you've got those kind of coaches in there that should be able to do that they're academy background coaches Mm -hmm. okay that's who's there so i just i I, it's hard to really explain um Mm -hmm. mostly because there isn't really a great explanation for it at times um yeah these guys are clearly capable of doing it you know diego luna was very clearly a good quality player from the first we started seeing him in usl you know it's not like he played a season or two in usl and then all of a sudden he was good you could tell he was good even he was a little bit raw you could tell he was very good i don't know i don't know and i mean to to renee's point here about i wonder if the success went to the club's head and they the work just putting in work and just assume they would win i mean I mean, that can link to another comment that's going to come shortly, isn't it? Well, let me read you what, you know, the article said regarding this, because uh, it says here, three years ago, Rising had Caden Clark and Diego Luna in training. But because their academy at that time wasn't at the level it is today, Rick Sean says that we weren't quite ready at the time to make those types of signings. So I can see that point of view, right? Financially, as far as the academy as well. Maybe Rising at that time wasn't able to bring players like that. But when you lose players like that to other USL teams and then they go on and get these transfers, and especially these transfer fees, right, it, it just you know kind of makes you question, like, is there really a plan or are they kind of just, uh, Renee saying, uh, are they just kind of putting in the work just because they're good and 
they don't really care about anything else at this time. Well, what's worth remembering is that there's still a level of solidarity payments, training compensation, all of that, that kind of sticks with the player through a good chunk of their career whenever they travel overseas. So there are ways of generating money from a player for a while going forward when they make transfers overseas. That's why these investments can be big, and it's big news for people like Orange County who make them. Not only do they have the one big you know, payload that comes in when they offload a player, they then know that going down the line, if there are international transfers for that player, they can get a little chunk of that as well. It, at this level, that money goes a long way. Yeah. And it's why it just feels as though it, it's short-sighted, very mm-hmm. short-sighted, and, and creates situations like this season, I think, in part, whereby not only is it not going, but there's no real indication as to where you go from here. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Good questions here. And, you know, hopefully we get some answers uh, soon in regards to this. All right, Owen, let's uh, wrap up here. There was another article that came out today, this time, uh, by one of our good friends, Jake Anderson, for uh, uh, with Arizona Sports. So he got a chance to speak with club governor, new club governor for Phoenix Rising, Bill Krause. And I don't know if you were able to read the, the article, Owen. Was there anything that kind of stood out to you in regards to some of the comments that were made? Uh, the implication that Wild Horse passes rising's future uh the implication that they're going to stand by rick i know the chat on that last point is probably going to go off now um but hey we're going to just say chat please weigh in on what you think um i so let's hit on that first one then uh rick is not leaving that that's that's basically what was said today you know given his or is it the infamous vote of confidence as michael says here hmm um well I get, and I and I think this is something that I've said before is that I don't think he's leaving this season. Um, you know, they're gonna let him finish out whatever happens, and, and they'll kind of leave it as what it is. You know, and I don't think they're gonna make any changes with him. But then at the same time, what are you gonna do? Because if you if you're deciding that if you miss the playoffs, then he's gone anyway. Then mm-hmm. you hit a point where you might as well just pull the trigger. Then yeah, there's no, no point I- in waiting. You know, at that point. I mean, the only reason why you wait until the end of the season, surely, is if you can see a point whereby he does something that's good enough that fundamentally this season you feel like you've got to keep him. I I don't know. Um, (laughs) I see that some people are... uh, Some people did want, of course, a statement, and there is the one coming here from Dillian Rick Musco. Glad they at least spoke up. It's true. Um, There were a lot of people who were wondering what was going on. It was just complete radio silence, almost. Um, at least when someone gives a statement that you don't agree with, you can argue with it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, let's touch on that point about uh, that the Pat saying they might offer more resources. So uh, when you say that, it's like it, a YouTube premium subscription for the Dominican Republic League. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> you can watch all the games. Uh, but when you say something like that, I, I that kind of didn't really sit well with me because you see the way the team is, especially during these last 10 games, and saying we may bring something in or make more resources available, it's it kind of makes it seem like we're kind of seeing where things go and we might do something and we don't really know what's going on yet. Like, Or maybe they're assessing what's going you know on. Where like, I, you know what I'll also say? Mm. It, it gives the implication again, and it's something that I have feared for some time, 
that there is a prioritization of Rick Shantz in that organization and not a prioritization of other elements. Okay, what that is, when you're saying that, you're saying that Rick can get it done. Clearly, something else is wrong there. You're putting the blame on the players. That's what you're doing. You're putting yeah. the blame on the players. You're saying the players aren't good enough. That's exactly what you're saying. But then, of course, Rick, Rick's the one that brought them in. So you, you kind of got to you know, actually think about that one as well. But I, I just, there is a point whereby you say, you know, the fans. What what do what do they think is going to happen? Do they think the fans are just going to shut up because the owner said that? No, he's our guy. Do you think that this goes back in the box? It doesn't. These no. things don't go back in the box. That's where the problem is now, and it's a real problem. Is mm -hmm. that Rick has such a task cut out for him to actually get some of those people back on side that I don't think he ever will. Yeah, you know it's it's hard, and it's is it always fair? Years. No, but yeah. that's that's the industry. That's mm -hmm. the industry that we're that they're in. I think the phrasing might have not been the best one because if he if he would have said, you know, we're looking to see if we can bring more reinforcements in, you know, that kind of gives the impression that look, we're not done with the season, we're not giving up on it, we're looking to see if we can do anything else. Um, and that kind of gives you a little bit of more hope. But when he says we may, it's like, we'll see how we're doing and we'll see, you know, it's, you know, to me, at least that phrasing kind of would make me feel a little bit more better. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's just not good. But it, it entirely depends. And it really depends on the fact that who's doing the recruitment, who's making the decisions and they're making the right decisions. It doesn't matter what resources you give someone if they, you know, if they just waste them, it's utterly pointless. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So you've got to actually make sure that you're getting your money's worth out of this. Now, the other thing I think is worth noting, and maybe this is harsh, mm -hmm. but outside of Didier Drogba, and I, I mean this now seriously, I won't question their business acumen or any of that. I think that would be completely unfair. But can you tell me genuinely what footballing knowledge they have that goes far and above beyond what the fans what is it that makes them right and the fans wrong mm -hmm. beyond the fact that they own the club i mean that that's it, it, it's that thing whereby i think outside of didier drogba there's no real deep footballing knowledge in that organization is there who are the the true football people in there you know yeah. mm-hmm no, and I I agree, and it's and you can see it in the moves, and you can see it in in the statements that are that are given out, and it's I don't think it calms any of the, the issues that fans have. But here's a point, and this is on Pat's comment here with McCarthy no sports. Remember, I actually think this is one of the problems. It's not Brandon McCarthy specifically. That that's harsh. I'm not going to say that, but I do feel as though there is a point whereby there's a disconnect between a diehard rising fan base whose idea of what happens uh, in sports, in this sport, is based off of what they see in other countries where there is actually a threat to being bad, okay? There is a negative reaction. And in other countries, a coach doesn't really survive this, okay? They wouldn't have survived to this point. Again, with the gulf between expectation and reality, they wouldn't have survived to this point, yeah. I think, in most clubs around the world. And yet, you've then got the other countervailing view, which is that the American kind of view whereby, eh, does it really matter? And this kind of hands off, because at the end of the day, there's no real repercussions. In fact, you know, 
let's talk about this seriously. If, if, if a team that Brandon McCarthy was on were, were atrocious, congratulations, they got the first draft pick next year. Like, that, that's that's the reality, okay? Your fans it, are still coming in. They're still selling burgers. They're still selling beer. You know, the money's there. You know, that's that is, the, is the casual fan going to stop coming? No, they're going to show up. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of other things that are also going to affect the casual fan. I do think that results do play into that as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was a time when, and admittedly, it's not like a now thing, okay? It, obviously, the Suns are actually better um, now. It was a time when no one was winning in this valley outside of the Mercury, the Rattlers, and Rising. Okay. So... There, there was a time there was a time and that was a real selling point like it was fun the energy was fun to come and be part of a team that's winning when instead you could go watch the d-backs or the cardinals or the suns just be mediocre or the coyotes but no one knows where glendale is um <laughs> let it all out let it yeah. all out yeah <laughs> oh, i i agree i agree with uh with your points there uh, to wrap up here, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Krause's comments. He did talk about Wild Horse Pass. Uh, from what he's saying, he's looking to stay for 2023 and beyond. But he also makes the point to say that they get calls pretty often about moving the team. So what, what do you make about that? I mean, we kind of knew that this was a possibility. Um it's not a surprise based on comments that have been made in the past, um, especially regarding Rising's relationship with the management team down at Wild Horse Pass. Um, I do wonder if it would be wise to seek a long-term future at Wild Horse Pass, given what has happened. Um, I'm not sure that it's necessarily the most bright idea because at the end of the day, we know that Look, if, if we're going to talk about things suddenly changing at a whim, um, do you really want to risk that again? Like, do you want to risk being OKC down the line? I don't know. It, it, it's just that kind of thing whereby you look at it and think, yes, Rising, do they have it better than they did at the old stadium? Yeah. Should they be hoping for more? Also, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, is a lawn behind a giant screen uh, the thing that really is what you have to balance up with the long-term stability of the club? Also and, running water. So. And running, running water, but you can get running water in a lot of places. It's, we're not talking about going back to Casino Arizona Field. Like that, That's, you know, there are options. They built this one in Wild Horse Pass in not exactly very long, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, and then my point of view on that is that I, I feel like maybe the majority of the fans, I don't know if the chat agrees with me, would prefer for that, for their stadium to be centrally located. I think I would appreciate that. You know, it saves me uh, a 30-minute drive or, you know, an hour drive for the freeways closed. But it's, yeah, it's, I, I don't think they should stay at Wild Horse Pass. That's my, that's my comment. I, I, I do like the, the stadium, the way it's built currently. I do appreciate the lawn and the, the scoreboard, but I feel like there's better options out there. And I don't think they should, based on what I've seen and their interactions that, you know, that I've read about, I think rising would be better off elsewhere. I'll take wins over a toilet that flushes. Thanks, Pat. Yes, Pat. Yes. Beautifully, beautifully put. Um, But yeah, uh, if you guys want to read that article, it's uh, 
Jake Anderson. You guys can follow him on Twitter. Check it out there. Um, all right, Owen, anything else we want to talk about today? I feel like we've started to, and actually Renee's point here about teaming up with ASU and building up their facilities would actually be nice. Um, it's are actually cool. a really nice location. Um, really yeah. nice location. Now, of course, it would take a decent amount of work, but I don't be know. Yep, yep, for sure, for sure. All right, all right. I think we should. We're, we're gonna. Should we pull the somber hour to a close? That's it. Let's go drinking. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what time is it? Is it like eleven? Reminds- where you're it at? is ten twenty-three. Early. Go to the bar downstairs or something. Um. All right. I think so- shut at ten. What? Are they dry? Yeah, don't know. Oh my god. Uh, no, no, because there's other places that are open late. Oh god. Making sure. All right, y'all. So, yeah, big week ahead for Rising. Play on Wednesday, play on Saturday. Owen's over there in Louisville right now. A lot of content coming your way this week, so make sure to follow us at phnx underscore underscore rising. Also on streaming platforms, uh, you know, Spotify, Apple Pay, uh, even though Spotify. Apple Apple Pay. Apple Pay. Apple. Yeah, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take pay. Apple Music? What do they call it? See, I use Spotify, man. I like Spotify. Uh, Bonnie says, final prediction for Wednesday's game. I'm going 3-0 Louisville. I'm not being positive with this one. It's four or five one in my mind. Oof, oof, oof. Renee says he wants a watch party for Wales versus the USA. Did you catch uh, Gareth Bale yesterday? I didn't actually watch it. No, I didn't. Um, but I tell you what, I will uh, unfortunately won't be able to attend the uh, Wales USA uh, watch party because I may be otherwise predisposed. Um, but yeah, well, uh, he'll let us know what's going on. Bet it, Ramon, Pat. Uh, I might. I might put it on there right now. Um, but yeah, make sure to stay tuned. Again, PHNX underscore underscore rising. We're 20-something away followers from giving away this scarf. And that way I don't have to hang in here anymore. So make sure to follow and tell your friends about it. Um, and also, just a little reminder. I, I Owen, can, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we might be. <laughs> the scores have been coming in again. <laughs> Bonnie, come on. Don't double what I said. <laughs> uh, PHNX Live from Fort Peace Brewing Company. It's going to happen all day, July 27th. And we may be able to get me over there to Four Peaks, right? We'll see. I'm we'll hearing see. that. I, I, I mean, if you take a look on the Four Peaks calendar, they do list the sit and watch party that night. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So if you guys want to join us over there, Four Peaks Brewing Company, uh, 1304 East 8th Street in Tempe. You guys can hang out with me over there. We'll watch the. Uh, rising uh is it oakland don't be it's positive renee <laughs> just give us hope renee's a good guy all right appreciate that all right y'all that is it for us tonight we will be back on wednesday after the game and then uh, we'll have another show friday uh to preview saturday's game so big week uh owen thank you as always for for making the flight enduring you know all the spirits that you have to drink while you're away uh i know it's tough for you Oh, it's very difficult. Very difficult. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you on Wednesday. Take care.